some of those sort of basic, um, what I would consider just like basic care um, yeah. were on the list that I was getting and tips I was I was hearing for how to recover and get back your health. Right, and that and that's the thing that I think. There were some specific suggestions, which, you know, I'm greatly appreciated of those or appreciative yep. of those. Um, but a lot of the suggestions, like you said, and this makes us, I'm not saying we're tooting our own horn, but we were doing a lot of that stuff. Mm. And I think that's what served us in the last two years to, I want to say avoid it, but, you know, maybe our body has been able to fight it off. Or maybe we were asymptomatic at one point we never knew, right? Right. But, like, I think our bodies have been able to, um, you know, with not only our bodies, but the, our practices have helped uh, safeguard us into this point, right? You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your host, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time. Celebrate. We are over 300 episodes in and we have more great things for you in the future. I think today is going to be more of a a personal experience discussion. Mm-hmm. But we always appreciate your feedback and we like to know what you want to hear more of. So please do check us out and leave a rating and review in the various podcast places. Also be sure to check out our new Instagram handle. It is the ATF podcast. And you can also enter to win our giveaway because... We crossed that 300 episode mark the beginning of the month and we're celebrating it by giving you guys free stuff. That's right. So you can win a little bit of kind of a bunch of our favorite things, include some delightful coffee. Coffee, supplements, books, workout gear. Yeah. So kind of something to check off on a number of fronts um, of your health experience journey. So please do head over there, check it out. We have one post there where you can read all the rules. You can also enter to win there. You can also enter to win by uh, leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That's right. So So. go do that. That's that's homework for you. Um, Today, I'm sure everybody's probably heard the phrase we're going to be sharing a bit about today Mm -hmm. a lot in the last couple of years. But I feel like if we could insert a musical clip here, it would be very appropriate. You know, like that song, like, um, I'm going to get you. No. What song is that? This is like, I'm going to, going to, going to get you. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. Damn it. I, I was singing it the other day. There's there's also um, a lot of... I was also saying The Rhythm is Gonna Get You by Gloria Estefan. Okay, I get you. And uh, I changed it to The COVID is Gonna Get You. And okay. I was dancing around the house to it. Because what else can you do when you find out that your child is COVID positive mm-hmm. but dance around the house singing 
because there's nothing else you can do. So yes, it, it happened. The COVID got us. Yeah. And today we are going to talk not about the pandemic. We're not going to go into mandates. We're not going to go into any of that. The fact of the reality is a lot of people have and are getting the current variant, Omicron. Yeah. Which I'm guessing, we don't know for a fact that we had that, but cause we didn't no. get tested for that. Yeah, but that's But it's probably pretty safe to I say. I would say so, yeah. Right. So we, um, our household, I should say, was Omicron positive. So we kind of went through the full range of emotions of like, oh crap, what do we do? You know, what's this going to be like? I tested my PCR before I even got my results. I had been, I had started collecting information from different people about, you know, what you do once mm-hmm. you get it and right. how, you, how you recover. And one of the big things that was sort of shocking that I've heard a lot more lately is that people who have gotten the recent strain of Omicron like when they come out and say, I got COVID, there's like people shaming those that have gotten it and like didn't have severe symptoms saying like, oh no, you didn't get it. It's still a very dangerous virus. And like kind of putting people down because like they didn't get it bad enough. Yeah. You heard of that? Like people like not, not really, I guess they're trying to like, qualify people when they get it like if you don't have certain symptoms then it's like well you didn't really get it you just I I mean I haven't heard that directly I mean I'm sure it exists I mean I feel like this whole pandemic has created weird factions about in regards to getting it not getting getting vaccinated not getting vaccinated it's just been so I believe anything that that's related to that, I believe it wholeheartedly, just because it's had a weird effect on people. Yeah. But like I said, real. I I can't speak to those people's experience. I can only speak to our experiences, you know. Yeah. Because, well, you you've thought you've had it several times. Oh, I mean, like I said, it this was I didn't the the positive my first positive test was number test number seventeen, I believe. Yeah. So sixteen negative tests since. You know, May of or June of two thousand twenty. Was it two thousand twenty? I right? promise you, it was twenty twenty. I believe you. I just I've <laughs> lost all. I lost all concept of days. Uh, but June of two thousand twenty, I had my first test, and then since then I've had fifteen more, and it didn't pop positive till last week or yeah, geez, two two weeks now. No, last week. Yeah, last week, last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we are officially now through the CDC recommended five day quarantine, as well as the f- extra five mm-hmm. day mask wearing time yep. period. So um, we have just sort of reentered the world. Yeah. Two weeks ago. <laughs> Sorry. My, my mistakes. Yeah. So. Um, mistakes. So, yeah, we're, we're fresh back. Uh-huh. And we thought. It would be a good experience just to share what we learned, what we experienced. Again, we're not qualifying this pandemic or this virus as anything except something you should pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we are not going to reveal, I think, we're not going to get into the debate of vaccinations either. No, no. We're just going to say that it's pretty safe to say we've taken pretty much every precaution you can yep. to not get COVID, with the exception of we still go out and live our lives. Yep. Um, we still have face-to-face contact. Our child is still in school. Um, so that's really how we got it. Yeah. It was... It it came through Ella's school, mm-hmm. which is a great school. We've been super happy with them. I think they've done a great job handling mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic, but it's sort of inevitable once one of the kids in the class gets it, even though it doesn't spread probably as rapidly as it does through hum- like humans. It's through humans? <laughs> through oh humans. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, no, through adults. Mm-hmm. Um it's still like every other day for like a week we were getting notices saying somebody's tested positive another kid's tested positive yeah so i think ella was like the seventh or you know she was somewhere in that first dozen that that got it yeah and i mean you know it's obviously varies state to state country to country and i'm sure you know people (laughs) hearing that we got emails telling us that you know that kids in her class got were positive but she could still go to school that's probably unheard of for some people but you know they're like i believe and i agree with shannon that it's i think it's they take a a very i think it's a progressive approach to addressing the situation about you know if kids are asymptomatic they can still come to school um and uh they you know but they also basically shut her down for 10 days and once she did test positive you know once you test positive or you have a symptom yeah there's that she was going to stay home for 10 days so um i think they did it i agree they did a they've done a good job handling the whole we've been comfortable with the situation um there's a lot of other sort of uh requirements and conditions that apply we're not going to get into the policies of schools but once we once she came home with a sniffly nose, which is exactly what happened, um, she came home with a very stuffy nose, and we kind of figured, well, this is it. Yeah. So you took. We tried to get her to take a test, a rapid test at home. Yeah, no, that doesn't doesn't work for first time. Yeah. Childs. And- yeah, especially swabs. she was really, that was when she was feeling the worst, I think. Yeah. Um, and she was just, yeah. Her um, nose was sore from rubbing it all yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was, so couldn't give her a COVID test so, or a rapid test. So we were like, oh, what's the next best thing? So one of us took it and I took it because I knew I was going to be going, potentially be going out the next day anyways, back into the world. Um, and then I take, took it and it tested positive, so. No going back into the world for me that day. Yeah, so we all quarantined at yep. that point, and we scheduled ourselves for PCR tests. Mm-hmm. And we called the doctor, the pediatrician, first thing the next morning, and said, "Where the heck do we get our child tested?" Now we have a four-year-old child, so it's it's a little bit different because you can't just go anywhere and get a four-year-old tested. And surprise, surprise, four-year-olds are a lot different to test than, like, an eight- or a nine-year-old. Right. 
So our doctor gave us a list and said, here's the sites that are doing testing for that age group. Here's some other services you can look at. And we went with um, one, which we're going to not get too much into now. She tested positive. You got your PCR back a few days later. Mm -hmm. And then I got mine. I was actually negative. And I was so surprised by that because, um, I mean, I just, I figured. Yeah. You guys go down. Very close contact with two people that have it. I mean, Ella I mean, sneezed the closest into my contact, face, yeah. used my, my arm as a tissue. Yeah. So I figured, yeah, I got it. But again, weird virus, right? So what were some of the sort of tips and things that we had learned? And did we try any? Because I was in a situation where I was like, okay, I'm probably going to get it. So how can I like keep my immune system going strong so that mm-hmm. I don't get it real bad? And you were in a place where you were fighting some other respiratory thing. Yeah, I was. And then you had probably some mild symptoms. Right. So yeah, like like you hit right on the head, I think. <laughs> I got had a cold or fighting some cold virus and got covid on top of it. So the the symptoms I were already feeling kind of got exasperated a little bit, mainly chest congestion and I would say even like tightness. Um, and that was kind of the worst symptoms for a couple of days after I tested positive. So, yeah, that's that was, I mean, that those cold symptoms I was dealing with almost two weeks before I tested positive. Yeah, you had already gone and gotten steroid yeah. for the respiratory thing you had, mm-hmm. which could have actually lessened your symptoms like your reaction oh possibly. yeah like with my uh the medication you mean yeah yeah you went true. on meds before so that's who true knows? yeah you're very right it that's very true mm-hmm. a good thing i agree i agree i'm kind of glad i went into the minute clinic too because it was like i said I had multiple negative tests before that when i was having those symptoms the start of the symptoms and throughout and then it wasn't until after ella came home that had the positive covid test so one of the first um, tips that we had heard, which was, which was new, I hadn't heard this before, but someone we know that had COVID, very like, not an easy version of it. She really had like two weeks of fighting this thing. Um, she sent me a whole list. And one of the first things on there was when you sleep, lay on your stomach if you mm-hmm. can, like try to make sure you sleep on your stomach. And you tried that, and it actually worked well for you. Yeah, I think it was a combination of both. I think laying on the on my stomach, and then also like actually getting sleep, getting so rest. That, yeah, that was the. <laughs> I mean, if you had to pick one thing, I I think the laying on the stomach did help. I definitely agree, um, but I think that actually getting <laughs> good sleep was a huge thing. So rest was probably my main, uh, really way of getting through it. You know, yeah, because I mean that was the the thing that was it was tough for the couple of weeks leading up to it. I'm sure my immune system was running down. Obviously, I was already fighting something, but then that just led to more and more bad nights of sleep, and and then finally, once the it got introduced to the household via Ella, um, it was uh, it 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 brought me down the the next notch. 
So, but yeah, I think, and it's interesting because I think I mentioned to you that um, I've had you know, a couple, you know, clients that were nurses and they said they had some of the really bad patients. They would basically have a bed design where it would flip them and have them be able to lay face down or just wow. lay face down the whole time while they're in their med, in their hospital bed. And obviously there wasn't a ton of those I guess it's available. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's a, like special a, especially a machine that flips the bed um, and it can actually hold them in there still. So, but they were using that because essentially when they're laying on their back, I mean, I guess just the, the drainage or whatever the, the, what's happening to the lungs and the respiratory system is just taxed so much more when they're laying chest up opposed to chest down. Yeah, so it, it kind of puts pressure on your lungs when you lay on your back. Mm-hmm. And it also allows, I mean, anybody who has, like I get the post-nasal drip when I get nose infections, and it's brutal. And if you don't lay on your stomach, that's what you wake up with. Mm-hmm. You, you get that drainage into your lungs. So... That was actually very interesting. And I had I'd gotten the sort of feedback that if you are really bad, if you do have it really bad, even like setting a clock every two hours while, you, while you're sleeping on your stomach, then get out of bed and walk huh. for like 15 to 30 minutes, no matter how tired you are, just to move things around and get, not give it a chance to settle in. So yeah, there's, there's definitely. Um, Thankfully, we didn't have to do that. Some things, yeah, but I mean, like that goes to like why that was an, an interesting tip. Yeah, and I agree. Not something I've ever thought of. Something mm. I've done myself when I get like well, really bad head colds. But yeah, normally, like I it. said, I've I've tried to sleep kind of like we're sitting right now, like chest up. Yeah. So it drains down. It doesn't like just go in the back of your throat. Um, and so that might be more for like the post nasal stuff opposed to the chest congestion, right? And like the maybe like a respiratory infection, like you said. So, yeah, but I agree. It definitely felt a lot better when I woke up the next day after a good night of sleep and laying on stomach down, chest down. Yep. Um, so what about you? Did you have any other methods? I know you didn't test positive, but did you? Yeah. I know you kind of. We assumed that you were going to. Yeah. Um, did you practice anything? Any of those tips? Um. So. I was really happy because a lot of the things that I had kind of gotten and a lot of these were just sort of tips from people who had it and had tried things and they found some things worked. Like anecdotal, but still still tips. It was, I mean, like there was everything from like eating eggs every day (laughs) and and having bananas because they're potassium rich and everything. And of course you were like, well, I eat eggs every day anyway, so it's fine. Um, but it was really a lot about staying hydrated. That was something I paid mm-hmm. more attention to. I was like, I really, some days I'm good about it. Some days I'm not. Right. And I really made a concerted effort to stay yeah. hydrated. I did some of the liquid IVs. That's what I'll say, liquid IV was there. Yep. Those were super, super handy. And the other thing was vitamins D and, um, magnesium, and just like making sure I was staying up on all of my my vitamins, yeah, and like you, my supplements and things, mm-hmm. 
I was taking the vitamin D, the magnesium, which thankfully I already had. Um, I was taking extra of those. I was taking my multivitamin, which supports, you know, the absorption of those vitamins. Mm -hmm. And then also really making sure I went out and spent a lot, probably, probably like a good $50 more in groceries than I normally would. Yeah. Not just because I had to buy food for everybody staying home, but like I stocked up on freaking produce, man. Yeah. And like all kinds of produce. The color of the rainbow. I had everything. I mean, I got asparagus and I food prepped the crap out of, did. Out of that, that trip. I mean, I steamed beets. I steamed asparagus. You know, I chopped everything. We had mushrooms, we had tomatoes, we had carrots, like everything fresh, everything, um, like no prepackaged stuff. I mean, it really was. I tried to make sure we had access to really good quality nutrients mm -hmm. because in my mind, in my heart, like food is medicine. And if we can eat food, we're halfway there. Yeah. So... That was a really big part of making sure that we were all staying, um, staying solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, well fed and full of nutrients. Yeah, so I feel yeah. like it was it was a nutrient heavy week. Mm -hmm. um, so we were all stuck in the house yeah. for most of the week. So it was. Yeah, I think we, we prioritize, like, we like I said, I think I already mentioned this, but especially during the weekend, I felt like we try to prioritize rest. Yeah. You know, and especially with Ella, we gave her <laughs> a lot more leeway on wake up time. Yes. Um, so I did some virtuals basically. Um, you know, we tested positive late Thursday, Friday, and then basically tested again for the PCR. Um, and then we had the weekend where I, you know, rest and recovered. And by Monday, I was doing some virtuals with clients in the morning. Um, so, you know, I would still wake up early, but I was feeling much more recovered and it felt good to kind of get back to work and stuff like that. But, you know, the first couple of days was prioritizing rest and, um, you know, like you said, good food, good nutrition and, and supplementation. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were like, I think probably our best, um, tactics of just keeping our bodies up and i will also say i one of the things that i did because i didn't have a schedule where i had to take ella to school mm -hmm. so i had some extra time in my mornings so we all made sure well minus the fact you had to get up early to train ella and i stayed in bed longer and just made sure like i made sure i got enough rest and then I then also started my day with movement. Yeah. And got in like I did. This is kind of a bit of the training recap, but I, was say, we I did three or four bike rides and two yoga sessions, yep. um, which is like the most I've done in a week in a long time. And it was not just like a little 20 minute here, 15 minute there. It was like 45, 30 minutes each day mm -hmm. so just doing that and getting my day started that way was really helpful too because I was moving myself around and I was like 
mentally preparing. I'm like, if I go down, I want to have done as much as I can, like just to move around in like the time that I have. Yeah. So the, and I, and I know for me that that's also a really good way of keeping my end, like my immune system. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, like I said, after the couple of days of rest, after the first initial positive test, I was feeling, I felt good enough to get up and work out exercise. And that's what I did. You know, my, my training recap was very similar, you know, the, the Peloton rides, the kettlebell workouts, the body weight movements and things like that, shadow boxing with hand weights. So it was very similar. The only thing that didn't happen, obviously I didn't leave the house, so no saunas for the uh, for that period. But, you know, Ella and I really especially prioritized trying to get out after our five-day quarantine, trying to get out outside okay, and yeah. get somewhere where we were kind of, luckily we had a local park that was very, you know, during the middle of the day, very uh, uninhabited. You know, if uh, so unpopulated. So, and they have huge sand volleyball courts there. So, Ella loved running around the sand volleyball courts and stuff. (laughs) And so, we did that several days in a row and a little playground. And that was usually empty. We can go and play. So, we got a lot of outdoor time, you know, and the additional, you know, vitamin D that you get in the sunshine when it was shining was a priority for it. So, she got her movement too, since her like little. Uh, classes, whether it be gymnastics or swim class, her movement-based kind of activities were minimized, you know? Yeah. So we got to do that, you know, several times, you know, definitely every day while we were while we were in quarantine. Yep, and trying to get as much fluids in her as well, even though she really only had symptoms the first 24 hours. Yeah. And then it was, it was like a very minor colds mm-hmm. i mean when she had rsv that that was brutal that one was rough yeah. like i said like it was very short-lived and i think for, for her both, yeah. yeah for us and you know besides that you know that respiratory infection yeah that was leading up to it for me for but you, even yeah. after my positive test that was pretty short-lived you know so um and i know we're very probably a very lucky few or in a lucky minority maybe um but um, yeah, we're very, I think a lot of things we did during and leading up to it, our practices, I, my belief is that it, it helped us have a shorter duration, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I think like you said earlier, but, um, we've taken all the, 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 the precautions that we could, you know, things offered to us yep. <laughs> via the, um, you know, uh, pharmaceutical companies. So we've taken them as much as we could along with supplementation along the way, along with the proper nutrition, along with um, daily movement or regular movement. So Yeah, so some of the other things that um, I was ready to put into action okay. if somebody needed yep. was I heard that the Epsom salt baths were really great for the body aches. Okay. That was one of the reasons that you get the aches is that especially COVID strips your body's minerals. Right. So, so like, like magnesium. magnesium and yeah. stuff like that, which is also in Epsom salts. Yep. So that was one that I was ready. Like I was honestly, I looked for a time just to take an Epsom salt bath for for just workout recovery. Because yeah. I was like, I love me a good Epsom salt bath. I swear by them for workout recovery anyways. Um, but it's good to know that that is a, you know, best practice in, in the back pocket. And then the 
tea, lots of tea, having peppermint tea, ginger tea. I made things with fresh ginger in it mm-hmm. as well to see how, however we could get ginger yeah. into our bodies. Garlic too. Garlic. Lots of garlic. Yeah. yeah. So um, really paying attention to that. And it was just nice to see that some of those sort of basic um what I would consider just like basic care um, yeah. were on the list that I was getting and tips I was I was hearing for how to recover and get back your health. Right. And, that, and that's the thing that I think there were some specific suggestions, which, you know, I'm greatly appreciated of those or appreciative yep. of those. Um, but a lot of the suggestions, like you said, and this makes sense. I'm not saying we're tooting our own horn, but we were doing a lot of that stuff. Mm. And I think that's what served us in the last two years to, I want to say avoid it, but, you know, maybe our body has been able to fight it off. Or maybe we were asymptomatic at one point we never knew, right? Right. But, like, I think our bodies have been able to, um, you know, with not only our bodies, but the, our practices have helped uh, safeguard us into this point, right? And then once we did come down with it, we were able to deal with it, I feel, much more efficiently. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it, the crazy thing is it could be anything. There is really not a lot that we can say definitively helped us either avoid getting it or have mild cases. Right. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. But I would say, you know, taking some of those tips, like we also, we have our sauna blanket. Yeah. I, I didn't, I worked through, through the whole week because A, I work from home. Right. <laughs> and B, um, I mean, you were home with Ella, so mm-hmm. I actually had childcare. Yep. Which was not the, like 100% norm. Um, so I was pretty occupied for most Mm -hmm. of the week, but if I had extra time, just taking that time to really work to take care of myself, Mm -hmm. I think more so than even when we've gotten colds and illnesses for other things, I feel like we were all very aware of the self-care practices and just sort of those those sort of body nurturing things that we probably should just make a best practice anytime we get sick. Agreed. But specifically, we really focused on during this time period. So at the end of the day, yes, we use these, you know, these tools. We have have a lot of tools in our health toolbox, Mm -hmm. essentially. We're using them periodically, different times it was nice to see so many familiar tools be those things that we were ready to to use um if we needed to and it was also nice to feel like doing some of these was keeping us strong right so we at the end of the day are just super super grateful so freaking grateful i was flabbergasted to be honest um i did i did actually take a second pcr one of my coworkers said hey make sure you take a second one first one you might not have it then you'll probably have it later right i went back i think it was 
five days later, yep. four days later, four days, and yeah. still negative. Yeah. So it was, I'm not impervious. I'm just resistant to Omicron. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't mean jack squat for whatever's down the road. And I know that. Mm-hmm. But yes, super grateful. So the main message is that when you do find yourself in a situation, and this this is kind of the, I'm hoping that this is the lesson we all sort of take away from the pandemic. Don't take for granted what you have, you know, the time that you're healthy, because that is your best time to prepare for when you're not. It's going to happen. You're going to get sick. You're going to get viruses. You're going to get things that knock you on your ass. And you have the best opportunity to prepare yourself when you're not feeling like crap. Mm -hmm. So preventative self-care is like beyond measure, number one recommendation. And I'm hoping that that is something we all can be ready for. But if you do go down, really being sensitive to your needs and knowing that it needs to be about you feeling better and getting yourself back um to a more stable place all of those things that go into that it's not an easy thing it's not a one pill solution it's a lot of different tools agreed that you have to be able to use yeah and i i think one thing that uh i wanted to mention that's and i think you had the same experience is that uh your support system is a huge part absolutely and people that support you and offer help even though thankfully we didn't really need a ton of help we are in a great mm-hmm. situation with both of us being home um but you know between my clients and my family and your family and your co-workers yeah. i mean everybody was super helpful um just offering help you know yeah. now what that goes a long way that means a lot you know because i know that we're that not everybody has that you know and that's and that's a and that's a i think a one of the uh reasons and I don't want to go into off a tangent but like why the healthcare system was so ill prepared with this in the United States that you know not only it, healthcare is probably a support system for people who don't have those support systems in place and that's where we kind of saw some of the the uh the pitfalls of the current healthcare system so grateful for those people in our lives and hopefully um, if it ever this situation ever arises in your life, you have those people there that offer extend the help too. Absolutely. Uh, so the analogy you just did, I wanted to say, get that out before I forgot. But the analogy I want to give to what you said is, it's like having an emergency fund, basically creating an emergency fund for when stuff goes wrong, mm-hmm. you know, or things hit the fan, <laughs> you lose your job, or something else happens, somebody gets sick and they can't go to work. So you have to, you know, you dip into that emergency fund. If you have the funds that you slowly add in there time after time, you know, with each paycheck or so on and so forth, when the problems do happen, you have resources there. And I think that's the same thing as doing all these wellness practices we talked in advance while you're still, you know, while you're not sick can help you when you do get sick. Yes. It's kind of the same. That's the analogy. So that was our experience. And uh, like I said, not not that it was 
a pleasure, but I'm sure it could have been much worse. We are very, oh, for, we are very yeah. fortunate. I know. We that know much. it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, I'm pumped that we got through this. Yep. Stage of it. That alone could be a whole. We've What's got, got us pumped? Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to go into other things that's got us pumped. Yes. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. You go first. Yeah. Go for it. So mine is related to our story. It was something I kind of skipped over earlier. Um, It was, I mentioned that we were a little kind of worried about where we were going to get Ella a test and especially how we were going to administer a test after we wrestled with her (laughs) for an hour. It was like an hour of crying, apologies, negotiation, and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody came out better at the <laughs> no end. winners there. Yeah, there were no winners. Yeah. So <laughs> we were, I, I personally was a little freaked out the next morning because I was like, oh, my God, like we're never going to be able, we're going to have to like hold her down in her, oh, her car seat. I like I was sleep. ready to ha- have us hold her down the car seat. To do a PCR. That, that's I what was, I thought. That was probably why I felt the worst the next day was because of that. No sleep because we're Yeah. So the one of the resources that our doctor's office, the pediatrician gave us, was this one website. And it's called Dispatch Health. Mm-hmm. DispatchHealth.com. Um, it's actually it was created from another like health company i think it's advent health yeah i think that's kind um, of the, yeah the are the ones that company, created it but it's these mobile nurses that will come to you and they will from like an infant i think they said from like 3 months to 99 you know like they'll come for a variety of ages but mm-hmm. um one of the frequent things they come for is kids to to work with kids who aren't able to go out and get this. So the idea after like our miserably failed attempt, first attempt at giving her a test, I was, I was really sure this was going to be a scarring situation. The last time she had a no swab test, she was a year and a half old and she had the flu mm-hmm. and I had to take her in and this person and this this shows you how times have changed someone came in in a freaking like white hazmat suit mm-hmm. and the like the doctor came in and did this nose swab and they just like jammed it up her little nose her nose started gushing blood she was screaming I was like practically crying and she had the flu but it was like that experience was way more scarring than the actual flu mm-hmm. and i was like dear god i hope we never do this again and then of course the pandemic pandemic happens so i was already like thinking worst case these people came in it was a pediatric nurse she'd been a pediatric nurse previously and she was now doing these like remote home visits and then she had another, I'm guessing, like a, either a technician or a nurse of some kind. This pair came in. Ella didn't flinch. They sat her in front of the TV. She zoomed into her like little TV worlds that she does. They talked to her. They like showed her all the instruments. They got her so comfortable. She didn't even care. That they were sticking something up her nose. 
didn't even care. Mm-hmm. Sat on your lap because mm. they're like, yeah, you know, having the parent hold them usually makes them more comfortable. And she just sat there and didn't even flinch. And I sat working on my computer while this is happening. And I'm just like watching it out of the corner of my eye in awe. Because I was like, this, I don't know how much this costs, mm. but this is going to be worth it. And it it was like it was the peace of mind we immediately like the the swab like barely got back to its like resting spot mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah that's positive already and we're like okay so then they gave us just some basic advice about like how they've seen the virus spread you know the kind of reactions they said absolutely go make sure you guys get tested there's a lot more asymptomatic people and they were just so nice in a time when we were just freaked out you know that initial stage of like how how much you know what is going to hit the fan that was the question in my mind (laughs) so it was just so nice not to have to wrestle with Ella, but also with, with just like the decisions, bringing her to a place that she doesn't know. It was so amazing to have this service. So if you are, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area, I don't know what other areas have this, but make sure, especially parents, if you're in a similar situation or maybe you have other kids at home, and getting out to get tested is really hard. If you don't need a PCR, now they only do a rapid. So they're only going to do, they're not going to do the like official PCR test. Yep. But if you just need to know, and they also take all their vitals. So that was another kind of nice thing. Right. So can't say enough great things. That was a really... That was a positive find amidst what could have been a terrible situation yep yep very very pumped for that very pumped worthy so what i'm pumped for is i've just purchased a or signed up for my next certification class i haven't done a certification since 2020 it's the beginning of 2020 um so the certification as regards to related to um personal training and i'm sticking with the golf fitness since that's kind of my wheelhouse now um, so I did another a TPI, Titleist Performance Institute class for power level two. Whoa. The TPI's power two course is dedicated to the art of increasing swing speed. Students will learn the technical, physical, and equipment modifications used by the biggest hitters in the world. So Ooh. my biggest clientele's clientele's clientele clientele are golfers. So it is a uh, necessity I think uh, a lot of my golfers want to hit the ball further so I think this is a perfect choice so I'm pumped to start taking this cool mm-hmm. when, is, when is that? it's all online Ooh. so I don't go anywhere that is another <laughs> very positive thing that has come out yep. of the last couple of years that's right so lot of information to digest in this episode. If you guys liked it, leave us a rating and review in the Apple Podcast. Remember, that rating and review can also get you an entry into the current giveaway. Yes. If so. you enter in the month of... What month are we in? 
February. Mm-hmm. Enter before March 7th, essentially. Because March 7th is going to be when we actually draw the winner. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. So enter. You guys follow the ATF podcast on Instagram. You can also enter on the posts that we have on our page. Um, and got anything else for him tonight? Nope, that's it. This has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at the ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks. Thanks.